Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live and direct from the City of Angels. Welcome in. Man, we got a good show for you. Michael Thomas will join us next hour. He's a wide receiver for the Saints. Who would have thought that the Saints would go from 0-2 to 7-2? Brian Billick from the NFL Network will join us in the third and final hour of the show. And we'll try and make heads or tails of this league. It's We know which teams stink. Um, we know which teams are pretty good. But who's really, really good? Hard, kind of hard to tell. Uh, and upcoming in uh, 15 minutes... Speaking of stank, Mark Schlereth will join us. Uh, he, of course, of NFL on Fox fame. It is the Doug Gottlieb show. This is Fox Sports Radio. And uh, last night we had th- there's there is something different about New York. Right? There's just something different about the Gadden. I, I can't really explain. It has the um, it's what the French call a certain je ne sais quoi. Right. It's the I don't know what. But when there's a big event at Madison Square Garden, and even when there's a midsize event at Madison Square Garden, it's made to feel bigger. It's true. If you went to Manhattan and you asked New Yorkers to draw a picture of the Earth uh, or maybe of the universe, they would have things revolving around that island of Manhattan. It's very true. 
But there is at least that perception does have some part of reality. Things are made bigger. Things are made bigger. Um, And when LeBron came into New York, there was the discussion, which we went through yesterday, of him taking shots at Phil Jackson, even though some of his own uh, decisions with his management team in terms of who they wanted to go after for the Cavs, who he liked as NBA draft prospects. Some of that gets kind of lost in the wash because Phil Jackson isn't here to defend himself. And Phil Jackson, obviously, there's a lot of negative connotation based upon how his uh, tenure went while trying to run the New York Knicks. But ultimately, there's a game to be played, and LeBron James led a miraculous comeback after some early... um, it wasn't fisticuffs. It wasn't a Donnybrook. It was more of a kerfuffle, right? Gets into it with Ennis Cantor. He leads them on a furious comeback, which they outscored the Knicks by 20 points in the fourth quarter to steal a road win in which they really played disinterested basketball at times, um, unenthused defense at times in the first half. They were getting embarrassed only to at the as fourth quarters happen in the NBA, game's always tied and your best player makes plays. And LeBron showed why he's LeBron. So look, there's the historic nature of it. One, being New York. Two, being a place that once upon a time people thought they could lure LeBron to. Three, the the, the idea that Phil Jackson uh, ruffled his feathers talking about his posse, which was in fact accurate. And people wanted to put a racial connotation to a word which everyone knows the meaning has nothing to do with race. And then, of course, there's the idea that, look, this is what Jordan used to do. Jordan would always kill the Knicks. This is what Kobe would do every time he would come into the garden. He would always kill the Knicks. And now this is what LeBron James has taken upon himself to do, kill the Knicks specifically in the fourth quarter. Here's Ennis Cantor on LeBron. Uh, we we fight really hard. We play with uh, a lot of energy. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing. This team is really special. And you ain't coming to my house playing that water bottle flip game again. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't care who you are, king. What, what do you call yourself? King, queen, princess, whatever you are. You know what? We're going to fight. And, and nobody out there going to punk us. So we're just going out there, play our game. And I think we're just going to get better and better, better every day. And his canter uh, going full WWE. I don't know what your nickname is, uh, but he was bringing up the fact that last year the Knicks were playing the water bottle flip challenge on the bench during a game because they, like the rest of America, had completely lost interest in the New York Knickerbockers. Intentional disrespect from LeBron somehow gets that doesn't get discussed, as opposed to the fact that. Uh, this intentional disrespect from Ennis Cantor will get discussed. Here's LeBron James. Connor said, and I'm going to quote it, you can call yourself king, queen, princess, wherever. He can call what? What is it? Say it again. You can call yourself king, queen, princess. You're not going to punk us. Well, I'm the king. My wife is the queen and my daughter is the princess. So we got all three covered. That's good. Good response. When LeBron says he's the king, It's because that actually is his nickname. Everyone calls their wife the queen and, of course, the daughter being the princess. Quick-witted and incredibly talented. But how is it, how how is it that LeBron uh, carries no burden of the fame and of the power that he likes to, to wield? I mean, think about it. Like, 
the Cavs were disinterested. Why? Right? That's, that is a snapshot of your best player. And while LeBron was worth the price of admission, and so oftentimes he is, the fact that he cannot motivate his other elderly teammates to, to bring it upon themselves to perform every night. Like, and look, you can say, hey, man, it's a Tuesday night in Milwaukee. It's a Wednesday night. It's a Monday night in New York. And sometimes we just don't have it. That's the job. That's the job. So oftentimes, professional athletes think they get paid simply to win championships or compete in the playoffs, but it's not. I mean, it's, look, that's what Adam Silver, That's why Adam Silver lengthened the season. That's why they set in place the punishment for guys skipping games and for tanking. They've tried to adjust because, because America, one, is not dumb. Secondly, the TV partners, Turner and, and ESPN, what they, they didn't pay for the playoffs. The payoff is in the volume of quality competition in the regular season. And what was a very, very entertaining comeback in fourth quarter win and LeBron showing his utter and sheer dominance and confidence and swag. Um, I don't know. At, at some point, does this act run tired to which, to which uh, he is capable of taking shots at whomever he wants? His team sometimes plays and sometimes doesn't. And when he comes through, he, be, he, is, he is the king and no one will challenge it. On the other hand, like, look, dude, you're LeBron, if you want to carry the burden of being called the king, you can't simply be the king when you want to. Like it's, part, it's, part of the, it's part of the part that everybody thinks about being president, right? Like anybody can be president during the White House state dinners. Anybody can be president when you have to give these big speeches. But on a on a Tuesday when you got to make you have to have cabinet meetings all morning and meet with senators and people from the House of Representatives and then foreign dignitaries of countries which carry absolutely no weight at all. Like, ah, I don't want to meet with Luxembourg. But you know what? This is part of the job, man. It's part of the job. If you can figure out a way to which once a week you show up and you play, that'd be great. And just show for the playoffs. That'd be great. But the reality of it is Turner and ESPN paid for the rights to all 82 of your regular season games because you're a volume producer, right? That's why you have value. That's why Major League Baseball players make so much money. It's because they're playing 120 to 140, 160 games a year. That's why their their product is so valuable. So, like, look, I'm not saying LeBron is the worst human being on earth. He's a great basketball player. But the pettiness over taking shots at people who point out some of his flaws or some of the things they, that he does that rub people the wrong way and the idea that nobody can get in his face and talk a little trash to him that he is beyond reproach. And this idea that this Cavs team will play when they want to play and when they don't want to play, you're just going to have to deal with it. it. It does grow a little tiresome. And it gets overwhelmed because that fourth quarter was worth the wait. That fourth quarter was LeBron James. That fourth quarter is what separates him from the mortal man. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome in three-time Super Bowl champion NFL. Uh, we're working on NFL on Fox analyst Mark Schlereth. I'm 
I'm fascinated by this Giants infighting thing. Like, is it really as bad as it's perceived, or is it simply somebody doesn't like Ben McAdoo, or a, a couple of somebodies don't like Ben McAdoo, and they're the ones leaking it to the media, which makes it seem like everybody doesn't like Ben McAdoo. All right, let's welcome in Stink. Uh, Stink, following some of this giant stuff on social media, apparently uh, guys like Snacks have come out and said, like, hey, you know, we got to keep this stuff in-house. Is it your... Uh, do you think that the perception that the Giants are a complete mess and in complete revolt of Ben McAdoo is accurate? Or is it simply kind of the echo chamber of of a couple of, of players who are disgruntled and they've gone to the media and made it seem a lot worse than it actually is? Well, I think any time that it gets to the point where it's out in the media – then it's legitimate. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Now, there may be some guys that are fine with Ben McAdoo. Losing is always hard. And, you know, when you're actually winning and you're doing some of those things, you'll even, you know, put up or listen to a, put up with or listen to a guy that maybe you don't really care for, but at least you respect. I talked about this with you and several other programs here on FS1 and on the radio about just when you start talking about your quarterback not taking care of the clock and missing a you know a fourth down opportunity and burning timeouts and you talk about your football team in public that's the first thing the first indicator that people are not going to do well with that particular head coach you can rip me you can rip me in front of a team meeting. You can, I mean, absolutely splay me out. And I know that there's a lot of great coaches that do that. And you're fine with it behind closed doors. But to go in front at your press conference uh, of the media and talk about your quarterback not managing the clock well enough, those things are just unacceptable. And players, that will irritate a player like, like nothing else will irritate a player. So I think there's definite issues there. I don't think there's any question about it. I'm not saying that every guy has an issue with him, but there's certainly things going on there behind the scenes that, um, that don't bode well for his existence within that organization for very much longer. You saw a team this past weekend. I listen to you calling the game, the Bengals versus the Titans. Mark Slayer joining us. You can see him call games NFL on Fox. Um, and, and so the Titans, they win the game. They run their record to 6-3 and three now. Yes. And I, I, part of it is, outside of Marcus Mariota, um, I'm not sure how many people could name a single defensive player on the Tennessee Titans. Maybe it's name recognition. Maybe it's some of the uneven performances, wins, and losses. And some of that, of course, Mariota wasn't healthy, so that obviously is going to hurt your ability to compete. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss with a bunch of these teams that are right in that, even the Panthers that we saw last night. Let, let's just start with the Titans because when you watch a game, call a game, you prepare unlike anybody else. Um, are they actually, are they an elite team or have they just had a better than average, like have they just been better, slightly better than enough teams to have this record? Yeah, I, I think right now they're slightly better. There's a couple of fatal flaws. They don't have an edge pass rusher. They don't have a war daddy off the edge. They can beat any left tackle or any right tackle. So when you play the Tennessee Titans, you're not concerned about going five one-on-ones across the board if you need to. 
They've got good players, but they don't have what I would consider elite players, uh, especially elite edge players. So that's a big issue for them right now. And um, like I said, you're just not worried. When you break a huddle, you know, the one thing that you have to do when you play a team that has those real legitimate rushers is you've got to have a, a plan to contend for those guys. And right now, Tennessee doesn't have that. The other thing that that is going to make it tough for them going forward is they legitimately have to play five on or eleven on excuse me eleven on eleven football on the offensive side, meaning their quarterback has to be involved. He just has to be involved in the running game. And what you saw in the first half of that game is this incredibly dynamic offense with guys in two tight end formations, guys motioning different angles, wham blocking people, getting on the edge with option, using a Dory Jackson, an outstanding young cornerback out of USC on the offensive side of the ball. And in the first drive of the game, Mariota fake pitches to a Dory Jackson, takes it up outside, and gets about 20 plus 30 yards rushing on one play, and it's a dynamic play, and they drove right down the field doing those things, and it's really exciting. And then all of a sudden, the third quarter, they run the same exact play, and instead of holding it, he pitches it to Adore Jackson, and at that particular point in time, Adam Jones, the cornerback, tried to break his hip. And that's how you stop that type of running game. It's the same thing that they're doing in Carolina with Cam Newton. And it's why we always look at these spread quarterbacks who run the ball, and you say it's not a sustainable form of offense. And I tip my cap to the Cincinnati Bengals that said, we're going to give up the 13-yard run to Adore Jackson on the pitch. Don't try to surf play this because that, that garbage doesn't work. What we're going to do is go try to knock that quarterback out of the game. And it's brutal. And, you know, those are the things we talk about in the NFL. And if you don't like to, to hear it, then plug your ears. But they said, go try to knock him out of the game. And Adam Jones actually knocked himself out of the game. He gave himself a concussion. But you saw all of a sudden them going to this four corners, four-minute offense with about eight minutes left in the third quarter. They're like, oh, Lord, we can't continue to do this because our quarterback is going to get massacred. And, and that's really, for me, what that football team is all about. They have to. Doug, they have to have their quarterback involved in the running game to be dynamic as an offense and open up their play action. And when they took that away, they became a very average at best, maybe below average offense. That's, that's, that's fascinating. Mark Schlereth joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. It's interesting because people used to do that to Russell Wilson. They used to run uh, you know, some some of that zone read stuff early in his career and, th- and then you know, defensive ends would just hey, just go and crush Russell Wilson even after he handed the ball off because he becomes uh, el- eligible to be pummeled even after he handles the ball off, unlike after you throw the football. And that stops some of that for a while, although teams have kind of dialed it back some. Um the Titans are taking on the Steelers. They're another team who they fall behind 17-3 to to the Colts. Uh, they actually have a negative uh, turnover margin on the year. Only playoff team as of now that would have a negative. And they're another team to which you're like, I really want to think that Pittsburgh's really good because they have the names that I recognize and they have the helmets and the uniforms that I recognize. But I just, I have a tough time buying into the fact that from start of the year struggling with the Browns to last game I saw them struggling with the Colts, why aren't they better, more dominant, haven't scored 30 points this year? Help me out, Stink. This is a team that right now is on pace to compete for the best record in the AFC, and I have a tough time wondering how good they actually are. 
Yeah, and it's the lack of consistency, isn't it? I mean, you watch them, and one week you're like, wow, they look really good. They seem to play somewhat to the level of their competition. And, you know, I, I think that's – I think they're good enough and mature enough to be able to do – I've always hated that, but, you know, I think that's what they do. I mean, you'll see them all of a sudden roll out to, you know, Kansas City when Kansas City is rolling and thump them. They've got really good defensive players. They've made the requisite changes on the defense going after Joe Hayden, getting him in the fold. They have become much better. Shazier is, as long as that guy's healthy, I mean, that dude's got rocket packs strapped to his back. He's flying all over the place. He's making plays. So they're legit. Watt has been great for them off the edge as a rookie. So they really are good. I just think that they have this attitude of, you know what, we can show up and we can play because that's who we are, and they've got enough talent all over the football field to make those things happen, you know. And I do think it's it's pretty impressive when you can play really poorly and then be able to flip the switch late and go, all right, let's just run this thing back and let's get to, let's get the heck out of Dodge. So um, I, I'm with you. I, I I would rather you go out and just handle every opponent. But they're a team that I think is really confident in what they have and who they are. And I think when, you know, the rubber meets the road opportunities, you'll see them show up and show up in a big way against a really good opponents. All right, so help me out with Carolina. I don't think the Dolphins are a great opponent, but they, they, they throttled them. Now they have the week off. Then they get the Jets on the road before uh, their schedule cranks up. What's your opinion of the Carolina Panthers today? Well, Mike, I think defensively last year, you know, they made all those changes. They got rid of Josh Norman. They had a bunch of young defensive backs. I think they're maturing. Um, as long as Thomas and Keekley stay healthy, I think they're a really good team um, on the defensive side of the ball. And then it comes down to, to Cam Newton. It comes down to the maturity of Cam Newton. It comes down to the balance of that offense and keeping enough run and keeping enough of the things in the quarterback, the design QB run. When you have that, that it opens opens up not only the running backs, but it opens up your offense. It opens up probably anytime you have all that read zone run stuff, there, there's a bunch of one uh, one route or, or one receiver uh, throws that you're making. So you basically are showing that run. You're sucking safeties up. You're sucking linebackers up. And you've got one read in your progression. And so it becomes, you know, eight, eight to, to nine, I mean, automatic completions a game. And it just makes it really tough. The, the issue being is, like I said, it's, a, it's an unsustainable form of offense. And can you make a run with your quarterback, putting him in harm's way on a consistent basis like that, um, and survive? And that's the dangerous game you play with that particular style of offense. But I think it's the only style of offense that Cam will thrive in because I just don't think that he is a good enough pocket passer to have him drop back 30 times a game and win a game for you that way. He can throw it 30 times a game as long as you've got enough play action, enough quarterback-designed run, and all the things that I talked about with the 8 to 10 completions a game with the one-read routes. And, and then he's really he's outstanding in that stuff. In that form of offense, man, he's one of the best players in this game. But, again, 
you, you have to be willing to put them in harm's way, and, and that's what scares teams about, uh, you know, about having that style of quarterback. Three-time Super Bowl champion Mark Schlereth joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You're an outstanding offensive lineman. Uh, you were with two of the best offensive line groups, the Hogs, and of course the Denver Broncos, and your ability to produce thousand-yard rusher after thousand-yard rusher after thousand-yard rusher while protecting uh, the great John Elway uh, is going to go down in history. Those two of the best offensive line groups. The, the Cowboys are in that discussion. On the other hand, this past weekend, they don't have Tyron Smith, arguably their best player, one of the most athletic players at the left tackle position we've seen. Chaz Green replaces him, and it was a disaster. I guess my question is, t- take us to what the reality is. How much of that is on Chaz Green? How much of it is on Dak? How much of it is on the play calling in terms of the fact that they struggled all night long because one guy wasn't capable of blocking the guy across from him? Yeah, I mean, I, I listen. All of that, all those things are true, and everybody's got a certain amount of of blame there. But I look at a coaching staff. Like, is it the kid's fault that he can't block Adrian Claiborne, or is it the coach's fault for not not understanding that? Like, at what point did you think he was going to all of a sudden learn how to block the guy? <laughs> was it after the second sack, or the third sack, or the fourth sack, or the fifth sack, or the sixth sack? Apparently, I'm like, maybe, I was thinking this as, as that game was going down, I was actually in Nashville's airport watching that debacle, and I started thinking to myself, is, is Tyron Smith the MVP of the National Football League? Because apparently, their coaching staff only knows how to block their left tackle one-on-one. They don't have a slide. They don't have uh, a chip protection. They don't have a tight end protection. You know, they don't get multiple guys over there, pull a guy in a waggle pass and have a guard over there protecting his outside edge. Apparently, they just leave their tackle, their left tackle one-on-one the entire game, and, and they don't ever adjust. And my, my thought was like, really? I mean, is that his fault? Or is that your fault for being stupid coaches and not actually getting him the help that he needs? And, you know, I mean, it would be like saying, hey, uh, hey, Dougie, you know, we no, need no, no, you're I, an outstanding I, point guard in your days of college basketball. But guess what? Today, we're going to have you play center against uh, Patrick Ewing just because, you know, we think we like that matchup. Yeah, and then you get thumped inside and they're like, wow, Doug Gottlieb, he really sucks. Yeah, you do at center. You know what I mean? Just like at some point you got to help a guy, right? You, you do. That's that's what I was saying when I was watching, but you know a lot more about it, so I'm, I'm glad that uh, that your opinion locks in with mine. Hey, great job calling the game. It was an outstanding watch. I, um, You know, there's a lot of games being called. You guys were just on all, all over it. Uh, the Bengals-Titans game. Who do you got this weekend? Uh, this weekend, I'm uh, Tampa at Miami this weekend. Tampa at Miami. Miami on a short week, and Tampa, of course, in need of a win. There's talk of John Gruden taking over there. We'll get to later on the show. In the meantime, Stank, great stuff. Safe travels, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dougie. Take care, buddy. All right, that's Mark Schlereth. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Is Cam Newton a great quarterback, an elite quarterback? No. Is he a terrible quarterback? No. Cam Newton is, and I and I we get this all the time. He's inconsistent. No, he's not. He's consistently inconsistent, is what he is. Like you have to contextualize. He has in some of the attributes for what should be not just a great quarterback, but an all-time great quarterback. 
right? Like John Elway had a great arm. Cam Newton, his arm might be better. John Elway was really athletic. Cam Newton might be more athletic. John Elway was big. Cam Newton might be bigger. But you would never put John Elway and Cam Newton in the same sentence because there's this erratic nature to many of his throws. There's this inability to be a more of a pure pocket passer, which puts him in harm's way, which causes him to seemingly always get hurt or hit really hard. Combine that combine the inaccuracy at times, the decision making that's flawed at times, with the propensity to get hit and hit hard and occasionally hurt. And Cam Newton is not inconsistent. When 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 we have five years at least of data to show that you're a below 60% passer. When we have five years at least of data to show that some games are good and some games you're not, sometimes you're accurate and sometimes you're not, that inconsistency, when it plays out over a long period of time, is actually a consistency. But it's important to say that while I'm calling him consistently inconsistent, I'm not calling him terrible. Like You do see the difference there. There's 30 starting quarterbacks, 32 starting quarterbacks in the entire world, correct? 32 starting quarterbacks? There's 32 starting quarterbacks. I do not believe him to be a top five or top 10 quarterback in the world. I believe him to be somewhere in the uh, 15 to 18 range, maybe at, at, at his peak as high as 12, but probably and as low as, as low as 20, but somewhere right there, I mean, mediocre, ordinary, average, middling, middle door. It all takes context, though. Right. There's 32 people on earth that are starting quarterbacks. So you're already in an exceptional class. Now, of that exceptional class, he's average. He's middle of the road. He's inconsistent consistently, which doesn't allow him to be viewed in nearly as loving a fashion as an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees, even a Matt Ryan or, or some other quarterbacks. And you could slide Matt Ryan into the mediocre at times uh, division as well. The point is that context is everything, everything. And so when you say, I think he's mediocre, one, I don't think people actually know what the word mediocre means. They take mediocre to have a negative connotation when it's not necessarily positive. It's not necessarily negative. And if when you call him a mediocre starting quarterback in the NFL, you have to start with the premise that to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, you have to be exceptional. They're all exceptional. It may not feel like Jay Cutler may not feel exceptional. He may be a bottom five quarterback, starting quarterback right now in the NFL in spite of his arm talent. Uh, but he would kill to be called a mediocre quarterback. But he's still one of the only one of the 32 men on earth who gets to say hut hut hike uh, in the first quarter for his team. So is that a, I, I just I want to be fair and contextualize the Cam Newton thing. I don't think he's great. I'm not even sure if he's I don't think he's very good. He can be very good at times. He can be very poor at times. He's right there in the middle. A guy who he has way more talent than Matt Ryan. If, if you call talent throwing a football and running with a football, he can do some things Matt Ryan simply can't do. But because there is such wild inconsistencies with his accuracy, with his ability to read a defense, it will forever limit his ability for that God-given talent and that honed talent from hard work to come out. Anyway. 
When they lost to the Saints, he didn't have a touchdown. He had three interceptions. When they lost to the Eagles, he had one touchdown, three interceptions. They lost to the Bears, no touchdowns, two interceptions, one fumble loss. Remember, they when they beat the Bills 9-3, to three, uh, he had no touchdowns, no interceptions. This is a really good defensive team. Uh, he's their best running back. He can throw the football. He's fine. The idea that he's going to soul, he's going to single-handedly win you a Super Bowl? No, he could lose it for you. He's shown that he can get there, but he needs a ton of help. He is the epitome. He doesn't look like it because he's six foot seven, freak athlete who can throw the football really, really hard, and at times accurately deep down the field, but at times inaccurate. And that athleticism doesn't benefit you nearly as much at that position based upon how they can hit you and how strong and fast everybody else is. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. In this case, let's plug from what Colin Cowherd had to say. And now. What does the Fox say? Lakers beat the Suns last night on the road. Suns come into Staples, I think Friday night. Tomorrow night they play the 76ers. Robert Covington from the 76ers will join us at the top of next hour. So about 10 minutes away, Robert Covington will join us. But um, look, Lonzo Ball did not play much in the fourth quarter. Uh, that because Jordan uh, Clarkson just had it at Hummond last night. And many people have pointed out how poorly Lonzo Ball has shot the basketball. Colin, Colin, Colin Coward's not concerned. Here's why. Who thought Lonzo was a great shooter? He averaged 15 in college. He's averaging nine and a half in his first month in the NBA. Aren't the Lakers trying to attract scorers? That's why they drafted Lonzo Ball. It was part of the plan to attract scorers. Scoring's gravy. He was seen as a passer, a vision guy, and fun to play with, and a culture changer. And we look at all these point guards over the last eight to ten years, John Wall, Westbrook, Steph, Harden, Kyrie, and we think point guards have to be great scorers. No, they don't. No, they don't. If LeBron and Paul George are watching and coming to Los Angeles, and then you include Kyle Kuzma who can shoot, and Brooke Lopez who can shoot, and Brandon Ingram who could shoot, and of course Paul and LeBron could shoot, would you really want Lonzo Ball shooting? Uh, this is a little bit more complex than Colin is letting on. It's fair to point out that Lonzo Ball's uh, a join in the bottom 10 of field goal percent. Lonzo Ball is not shooting poorly. He is the worst shooter in the NBA percentage-wise. Let me repeat that. He is the worst shooter in the NBA percentage-wise by a healthy margin, by three percentage points. Of course, Justin Holiday, who's a shooting guard, shooting 34%, that's not a great way to be a shooting guard. Uh, On that list as well, though, in terms of poor shooting point guards, Ricky Rubio at 37%, Mike Conley, who is the second or third highest paid player in the NBA this year at 38%, Austin Rivers, De'Aaron Fox, another rookie, is only shooting 39%, Lonzo Ball shooting 31% from field. The point is this, that that being a great shooter is not a prerequisite for how he wants to play. Here's the real problem, though. Lonzo Ball is shooting a poor percentage, but a lot of it is missed layups. And while others are shooting maybe not equally poorly, but poorly as well, Lonzo's not athletic enough to make plays. 
So he has to prove that what, what Colin, I think, doesn't understand is he is a magnificent passer. He was brought in for your passing. But unless you can make somebody other than your man who's guarding you help, what's the point? What is the point of being a great passer? There aren't openings to make all of the passes he wants to make. Additionally, like, look, he's super, super passive. Was again last night where he looked a little bit rattled uh, going up against the, the Phoenix Suns. And so he's not wrong. He was not brought in to average 25 a game. He was not brought in to lead the league in scoring, to take 30 shots. But the reason he's taking so many shots is twofold. One is coaches are telling him to be aggressive. But the real reason is they know he needs to be aggressive. Otherwise, nobody's going to guard him and nobody's going to help on him. And if they don't guard him and help on, or help on him, no one else is open. So his gifts of passing are kind of moot. It is a big problem. And it is a disappointment. It's still very early, but considering the number and vo- the volume of opportunities he's gotten both on the floor and at the basket, in addition to shooting jump shots, it's been disappointing this far. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Quietly becoming one of the top young wide receivers in the game, Michael Thomas of the resurgent New Orleans Saints joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. How are you? I'm doing great. Appreciate uh, you guys having me on. You were uh, you were 0 two. People like myself left you guys for dead. There was some dysfunction with AD wanting more touches, and there was thoughts of uh, here we go again, another disappointing year in New Orleans. Was there a team meeting? Was there something said? What led to this dramatic turnaround in Nola? Um, you know, we didn't get off to start. We had expected. Um, but we know that throughout the course of a season in NFL, you know, you're going to, you're going to face some type of adversity, you know, but it's all about climbing out of that and stacking the wins. And I feel like once we got on the roll, once we started stacking up the wins from after that 0-2 start, I think the guys are starting to like the feeling of winning games around here and, um, realizing that we have the tools to do that and win a lot of games here. So I feel like we just, the momentum hit and we just kept building it. Yeah, look, you guys are running the ball. You're throwing short, efficient passes. You're churning up clocks on drives. Like, this is a very un-Saints-like style of offense. Uh, take me through the evolution. Was this, was, this the thought, was this the kind of game plan coming into the season that this is what it would look like? Or was there a change in the play calling after the early struggles? Um, we're just simply doing what we have to do to win games and um, close out games. Last year, we were in a lot of close games, you know, that could have went either way. We finished a couple of them, and we didn't finish a couple of them. And now this year, you know, we, we want to take advantage of those situations and, and try to try to not be in those situations where we have a close game anymore. So we're managing the game, but ultimately we're just doing our job, and guys are doing their job when their number's called and making the plays when they have the opportunity or when they present themselves. It feels like Sean Payton is finding ways to create mismatches. You know, there's there's times I've I've seen linebackers covering you. I've seen him move you all over. Um, what's what's the sense you get of how he's been able to kind of create different openings for you uh, to to get you more opportunities than you had previously been getting? Um, you know, I appreciate him and um, having trusted me to be able to move me around. Um, we have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. I feel like guys that can make plays at any point in the game and just, you know, when your numbers call, you have to you have to make that play. You know, Coach Payton is a genius when it comes to, you know, calling up, calling plays and, 
you know, um, moving the ball on offense. So if if he calls a play in that and Drew reads it in the huddle you, and it's your play, you have to kind of rise to the occasion and, and take advantage of the opportunity when it presents itself. And that's ultimately what I'm doing. Michael Thomas, who, uh, if you read the New Orleans Advocate, the, the headline is accurate, quietly turning into the, one of the NFL's best receiving seasons after his first 100-yard game. Um, what about you? I mean, like, look, kind of the untold tale of professional athletes is confidence, right? Like, you're not going to be able to accomplish anything unless you believe in yourself. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you've gotten arrogant or your teammates have gotten arrogant with your success. How do you maintain the balance of having confidence and not having arrogance? Um, you know, when you've been doing it for a long time and you've been, you, you, you stay, it's all about consistent and staying consistent. How consistent can you be? And then once you reach a certain level, how do you top that? How do you match that? How do you take it to another level? You know, how can you create big plays with the opportunities you're getting? And, um, that's ultimately what I've been doing. Just trying to stay as consistent as possible, but always add something else to my game. Always take it a step further. Always do something someone might have not seen me do yet or that expected but ultimately I've been I've been making those type of I've been making plays you know in practice it all starts during the week preparation and then on Sundays you only have a handful of plays that get called so when they get called you want to you want to be able to make those plays and make it feel just like that practice ultimately so that's what I've been doing I've just been uh I, I I grind it out during the week and then I try to I, when the play is called on Sundays I try to make the most out of it on a big stage yeah, well, it's, look, it's been obvious to anybody who's been paying attention. What's maybe most interesting is you guys got up to a sluggish start. Carolina had lost those couple games in a row. They're back at 7-3. and three. Atlanta kind of got off to an uneven start there at 5-4. and four. Like, we all thought the division would be really good. Tampa's the only team that has not turned in the performances that I think people thought. And, of course, I know you, you, guys, just, uh, you guys got done thumping them going back to last week at the Dome. Um, but it's weird because uh, we all had great expectations of the NFC South. Then because maybe of your start and, some, and Carolina's start, we lessened those. And now you turn around and look, and you got three legitimate playoff contender teams. Um, give me your sense. You watched Carolina last night. You watched Atlanta last night. Does it feel to you like kind of like you guys have figured out what you have to win games? They've done the same? Um, I feel like, and I felt like this since I got drafted by the Saints and playing – this league last year and playing in our division our division has to be the top division in NFL if you look at it across the board it's a lot of talent it's a lot of youth that's playing at a high level and I feel like there's a lot of hungry players so I feel like our our division definitely keeps us honest and um we like that because then we go against other teams and uh, outside of our league we kind of you know we kind of find out you know how these other guys are playing and how their leagues but it's fun playing in our league. It keeps us. I feel like, like I said, yeah, I feel like it keeps us honest, and I feel like we're, we're, um, we, I'm, I'm, I love playing. I don't really care about, um, you know, the other teams as much. I can't really speak on them. I feel like we have, we have to be a playoff team and make a run for a Super Bowl. Alvin Kamara having just a great rookie season. If people, I mean, the great thing about fantasy football is I think people know about the 42 catches, um, the 417 yards rushing, and the fact that he's you know combined six six touchdowns is just a rookie. Um, he's drafted. He shows up at camp. Did you know that he had this type of produ- productivity in him? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I don't want to sound like a guy that you know because a lot of people probably are now just jumping on the bandwagon, but. You know, we we were in New Orleans, you know, training camp where it was, you know, 
some type of conditions where a lot of people won't make it out of. It was, it was kind of hard. Coach emphasized that, you know, he he might say blue and it might be red. Like he was going to go hard. He was going to challenge us. And Alvin Kamar, he was still making play after play after play every day. So I'm excited for him, and I'm excited for him to get what he deserves. And I feel like he has a bright future for sure. Yeah, but man, he's I'm definitely gonna... a playmaker. He's definitely hungry. Um, he's not a guy that he doesn't complain about uh, touches. He just when he's another guy that just um, leads by example and kind of just does his job when his number is called and he does it really well. So he also helps me. He, he motivates me because like he may not be getting the ball a bunch, but he's making the most out of it and he's making plays. And I feel like that kind of helps this team like move and um, adds. It just challenges everyone to just do your job. Yeah, yeah, and that's that obviously, and I know you guys have that up in your facility, the do-your-job uh, uh, mantra. Hey, listen, uh, we've been paying attention. Every, I think everybody has. Saints have turned this thing around, and you're a big, re- par- big part of the reason why. Thanks so much for spending some time this year on Fox Sports Radio. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, pl- pleasure is absolutely ours. I- At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 